0: Hey Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offset, sitting down with Keith Myers. Welcome back to the show, Keith. It's been, uh, it's been a minute since we've sat down together to record a show, but here we are.
1: It has. It's been a, been a, um, a few days, um, you know. And
0: admittedly, us- I've been under the weather.
1: I was, I- well, was going to say, one of us got COVID. I'm not yeah. going to, um, <laughs> to name names, but um, it was one of us um and i got
0: hit by a truck last friday uh, and uh, the truck moved away you know on (laughs) sunday night and i started feeling better yesterday so yeah Yeah. it was kind of crazy but uh here i am
1: well it's 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 good to see you um back on your feet and and um doing better so yeah but yeah we're here to talk some seahawk football um specifically uh recent visits by um players to the team. Um they're allowed 30 prospect visits. I've got 16 that they've used um so far. I think you said you had 17, which means I'm missing one. We'll figure out who that is um here in a few. But um yeah, let's let's kind of see what we can find about all, you know, any trends, anything that we're looking at and all that kind of stuff. So where do you want to start?
0: Well I, you know, here we are. What nine days away from the draft? I'm kind of getting excited about that. That's um, coming right around the corner. And uh, basically, every every year uh, this time of the year, uh, all the NFL teams start racking up all their visits uh, into their headquarters building to to get firsthand looks at these prospects uh, without any other distractions around. They come in, they interview them. Sometimes they work them out depending on uh, you know exactly what their criteria is for each. Uh, person. It's just kind of a unique window into the types of players that that the Seahawks are looking for. Um, in past years, uh, as we've seen those lists, um, you know, during uh, pre-draft and then post-draft and go back and review them, there's always one or two guys, maybe even three out of that list that end up getting drafted or are part of that priority free agent class that comes in after the draft as well, so it's a good list to kind of get an idea exactly what they're thinking as far as the type of prospect at each position and depending on how many players at position groups there there are you can kind of see a significant um, sort of idea of exactly what position groups they're focusing on.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of where I was thinking is that there, there are certain position groups that are have been really heavy, um, heavily scouted with the visits this year, uh, and I think that is telling and it's, it's one of those things that's important to look at because that shows you what the team views as priorities, things they know they've gotta go do. Um, the other thing that's interesting here is that oftentimes if a team feels like they've got a really good scouting report on a player, They won't bring them in for this. Um, Usually, this is that's so true. They've got questions that they've answered, they they want answered. And so, you end up with a lot of small school guys or guys that had injuries, they want to get let their medical team check out, or um, for some reason, there's just something they're like, hey, you know, they use a different technique than what we use. We want to bring them in, work them out, make see what they do. If they, you know, we ask them to do uh, what we want them to do, do they look smooth and, and, you know. Do they feel coachable and, and willing to learn and that kind of stuff? So um, there's usu- that's usually part of it as well.
0: So a couple of things. A, um, yeah, thanks for helping me a lot uh, on this show, Keith, because brain fog is a real symptom of <laughs> COVID and I may get stuck on a few words now and again. A um, couple of things regarding uh, Team News before we get started on the list. Geno Smith uh was signed by the Seahawks this last week. His contract had a little snafu with the league. It didn't go through. They're gonna redo it, resubmit it. But it's essentially a $3.5 million deal. It was initially reported as a seven million dollar deal without any um details. And everyone was gonna freaking out about that. But it's actually 3.5 with 3.5 additional incentives attached to that as well. I assume that comes down to playing time and uh, yards and Pro Bowls and all that kind of stuff that will add to that pile if he should be able to 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 win the job and be a, become a starter. I think those things start to kick in for him, which yeah. makes sense. And then uh, today, uh, DeMonte uh, Kazi, the safety uh, previously from Dallas, before that with the Atlanta Falcons, so he's kind of followed Dan Quinn around a little bit, uh, has come in uh to work out for the seahawks today i think that would be an excellent signing he's a guy that's a five-year veteran who started for the cowboys uh last year again and has 12 career interceptions yeah yeah kind of a ball hawk kind of a guy
1: he's a guy who had some versatility has the ability to play both positions um and you know not not a not a pro bowl caliber guy but definitely a good player someone who will add some significant depth to the defensive backfield where they need it yeah
0: all right so let's get down on this list i didn't put them in any particular order as far as position groups or so forth and i thought we would just kind of run through them as i kind of came up on them
1: well uh, uh, why don't we do this by position because we can try um because i don't have well, my
0: list in, in that order but you can i don't either but you it's can um uh,
1: so the um the you're trusting the, that
0: my eyes actually work all right
1: Okay, um, one of the things that was interesting to me is that you look at look down the list and uh a position that I didn't really expect them to scout heavily um is wide receiver, and there's a bunch of wide receivers on this list. I think there's four um out of the sixteen. I think it was only three, but um so we've got uh Samari Tour out of nebraska, uh mm-hmm. Christian Watson out of north Dakota state and um, Derek young out of Lenore Rhine university. Um, and was there, no, I guess it was only those three. Um, the other one's a cornerback. So, um, yeah, but still three out of 16, that's, um, a significant portion for a wide receiver, which is a position that it kind of feels like the Seahawks are for the most part set at, they've got their top four guys. They've got a bunch of guys they like, and they're, that are trying to fill out the fifth position on there and and you know play some special teams um i w- was not expecting them to scout wide receiver this heavily
0: yeah i thought maybe you know the the seventh round area of the draft is where the seahawks would be kind of looking to plug a hole here as far as um somebody that could play special teams you mentioned that i think that's the the key here with these guys or possibly undrafted guys like Samore toure or uh derek young might be guys that you might be able to to find after the draft, possibly in the seventh round, there. But all three prospects have great size 6'1 on Samori Ture, uh, 6'5 Christian Watson. We can spend a little bit more time talking about him here in a second. And Derek Young from Lenore Rhine, the acclaimed university. 6'2, 220 <laughs> pounds, 78 inch wingspan with a 4'4840. That's a pretty interesting uh, prospect. But uh, Christian Watson at 6'5, 211 pounds. 22 years old, ran a 436 40, 38.5 vertical. He's a 50 50 ball catcher, not a tremendous amount of experience. Also playing at North Dakota State. So you're taking a look at that. But here's a prospect with a lot of upside, and everybody's got him at least going at the top half of the third round, possibly even sneaking into the second round. I'm not exactly sure what the Seahawks are thinking with this kind of a guy coming in, but. You know, they want to have some options. And if they pick up additional draft capital in the middle rounds, he could definitely be a guy that they just add and provides a hedge against uh, DK Metcalf's contract situation.
1: Yeah, which is a whole nother topic that um, plays in here because um, you're looking at around the league, you know, you had the two big contracts this year. And now we're starting to hear there's like four or five other guys that are the number one receivers on their team that are talking about not playing and doing anything in the offseason program unless they get a new contract um and that just plays into you know Metcalf's in the same situation as as those guys is he gonna come in and and work out is he gonna hold out is he like what's he uh what's his plan we don't know yet and uh i could definitely see them taking a wide receiver um if they don't like the way that that is gonna is building up to come out so
0: Yeah, interesting. All right, the next group that I'll throw out there is defensive end. You know, everyone Mm -hmm. knows that Seattle's going to be after an edge rusher, defensive end in this draft. I think that's probably a given. We just don't know at what level in the draft that that happens. Um, Prospects they're bringing in are Boy Mafe from Minnesota. We've talked a lot about him as far as the prospect in some of our mock drafts and other shows, highlighting him at six three and a half, two hundred fifty five pounds, runs a four five three forty. 38-inch vertical with that huge wingspan. I think he would be an amazing outside linebacker there. Michael Clemens, uh, Texas A&M. And um, let's see. You could probably add Cameron Good to that. Um yep. As a At guy a that would be kind of an edge Sam linebacker type. And then I just want to see if Daniel Hart
1: Daniel Hardy out of uh, Montana State is the oh, okay. last one. Another guy. um you know, pass rusher, long arms. Um, obviously, Montana State's not going to go as high in the draft and that kind of stuff. But kind of in that same mold, a guy that that they're looking at as a pass rusher, they're looking at edge rushers to come in and help this team out.
0: Now, one thing that I will note is that we're not bringing anybody in that you know at that number nine selection in the first round that we're looking at uh, some of those top flight guys that might either drop to us or guys in the in the early teens that might be available um so i thought that was kind of interesting and maybe telling that they don't want to give away their hand with that first selection there um but i thought that the boy mafe look at maybe that early 40 or 41 pick would be a, a real good fit for seattle
1: yeah, and then um, you know I'm looking at uh, the next position group there being defensive back, and and there's um, it's a it's that's an interesting group because you've got yeah, you know guys like um, Dantel Williams out of Nebraska, you've got Percy Butler out of Louisiana Lafayette, um, Kaylin Barnes out of Baylor, Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska, and then the big name out of all of them is Ahmed Garner, known as Sauce Garner. Um, and Sauce out of Cincinnati is a guy that's looked as um, someone who will be picked anywhere between number two and number 10. Um, So he was definitely brought in as a, someone they wanted to look at for that first round. Yeah.
0: Right. Which I, I wouldn't be a hater. I mean, it would surprise me if they went defensive back early, but at the same time, when you're looking at the opportunity to draft a guy, that's a perfect fit for Seattle um in that spot that he would just be there for a long time and be kind of your back end weapon uh that you would have there at six two and three quarters with uh at 190 pounds 33 inch arms wingspan is six foot or yeah six foot seven and three eighths he's 21 years old he runs a four four two forty. um the guy's just a shutdown kind of guy a press man cover corner he can cover in space as well he recovers really well with that speed you know fights for 50 50 balls he's a you know ball hawk kind of a guy so i would love that pick you know or daryl uh, daryl stingley as well uh, the guy mm-hmm. from lsu is is sitting there cam taylor brett is another guy um that they're they're bringing in that would be kind of a <clears throat> second or third round option for them probably third round maybe even the fourth round i'm not exactly sure where he's going to fall uh, but he has the skill set I think teams would covet. seems like more of a third-round uh, player, but he also fits everything they're looking for as far as scheme diversity, a guy that can play in the slot and then do some outside stuff as well as maybe some some free safe safety stuff in a too-high safety scheme.
1: Yeah, and so looking at that list um, with the defensive backs, you got, I mean, Sauce Gardner, guy that's going to go top 10, and then all the way down into guys like... Um, Dante Williams out of Nebraska who's a, more of a safety mm-hmm. um who's probably gonna go sixth round and um you know Percy Butler. I really
0: and, like his athleticism.
1: Who? Yeah. Williams uh, or da- Butler?
0: Dante Williams. Yeah. Yeah, that guy and then the Rodney Thomas. I don't know if you mentioned that Rodney Thomas guy from I Yale. I don't
1: believe I did.
0: Six two hundred and ninety-six pounds, ran a four four six forty and a forty-one inch vertical with a
1: I think we just a found a the- two three cone. I think we just found the player that he was is on late, your list that's not on
0: yeah rodney Thomas. there we he go um uh,
1: yeah so we, we you, you look at guys there's all the way from their first pick you know top 10 down into the seventh round undrafted free agent i mean they they are looking at guys at that position at every layer of this draft meaning they know they're going to get they've got to get at least one and they're looking at their options on who they want. Do they want yeah. someone at the top of the draft who can start now? Are they okay getting someone in the middle who can start, but maybe not, won't be as ready or, or you know, and if they end up not, the draft doesn't fall to them, you know, they want to make sure there are guys later in the draft that they're ready for, um, you know, to make sure that they get someone no matter what. And I find that to be very interesting.
0: I think one guy that we, we didn't mention, I don't recall if you mentioned him or not is Kalen Barnes out of Baylor. Um, the guy that ran the fastest 40 at the combine, that four, two, three, they're bringing him in. Mm -hmm. So they want a guy that's got a lot of speed here, a guy that maybe can compete in the slot for them, uh, in a, in a kind of a smaller frame corner with good quick, uh, quick feet and special teams ability, all that kind of stuff. So he's got some upside as well. um, I noticed they brought in at least one, couple of offensive linemen, Keith, yeah, before, before the, the before the tight end group. Um, mm-hmm. We can talk about Cole Strange coming in and Rasheed Walker, a couple of players we've talked about a little bit on the yep. um, mock draft shows. What do you think about that?
1: Well, they're both middle um, middle range guys. I mean, uh, Penn State's um, Rasheed Walker is not a an offensive tackle um, tackle prospect that's getting a lot of talk because he's not a guy that you that is a he's going to come in and be your starting left tackle um, right away and he's you know he's that lesser lesser um, one he might have to move inside I think you start him at right tackle if you if you draft him Um, and then you know with uh, Cole Strange I mean he's a guy who played guard but he projects as a center doesn't have the longest arms um, so you wonder a little bit about where he's going to go in the draft I think he's going to go a little lower than his tape might might suggest just because teams want longer armed guys so they um they can get their hands on the defensive lineman before uh the lineman can you know get into their pass rush moves. Um and strange isn't that so um but I still think you know his tape's pretty good even though Chattanooga um uh, I'm expecting him to go you know fourth round ish area. Neither of those guys are near the top of the draft. They're both middle round guys mm-hmm. and um to me that kind of points to that they perhaps their strategy is looking at um you know they're going to go other positions early and try and you know fill out the uh, offensive line in the middle rounds which given their current state at offensive tackle I'm not sure I'm excited about that well, uh, strategy.
0: I mean, we've talked about two things already. We've talked about the idea that they've only used up 16 or 17 of these uh, opportunities yet to interview players <clears throat> and second not to give away their hand too much.
1: Yeah. The and, other thing is our list me. might be incomplete. There are guys that come and go and nobody nobody reports on them, so they don't get added to the list but the team has seen them, they have talked to them, they've done stuff, they've worked them out. Um, and we just don't have that list, so we don't know. Um usually the big name guys everyone's paying attention to that kind of stuff. But you know, you got a guy from you know, some smaller school, um, Utah State, or you know, uh, Washington State, one of those kind of things and and um where they just they there's no no blip on the radar. they'd come and go and and uh, unless someone happens to one of the reporters happens to be, Um, right at team headquarters that day that nobody sees them and it just doesn't get reported. So we, we can, you know, we probably won't get to 30, but that doesn't mean the team didn't use their opportunities.
0: Sports fans look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets. If they win, it's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code T-P-P-N at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In addition, they've already met with the players at the Combine as well as the Senior Bowl and yep. the East West Shrine Bowl, all that kind of stuff. So they've been in contact with some of these players that, we, that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. especially at the top of the draft that, that uh, probably will not come in. One of the players I saw at the top of the draft, or at least in the middle uh, of, of the second round, at least, would be Desmond Ritter, the quarterback out of Cincinnati. He's on their list. And I just kind of want to see what that says about what the Seahawks are looking at uh, for prospects at the quarterback position. This is the only player that they've got coming in. Uh, I understand um, that I mentioned, you know, the, the combine and the senior bowl and so forth that they've had conversations with, with some of the other top prospects as well, but this is the mm-hmm. only guy that's coming into the building. So that'd be interesting to me.
1: Well, they did work out um, the guy from Liberty, um
0: malik willis
1: willis there we go um they worked him out uh during i think it was one of either his pro day or um like they went there actually worked him out kind of one-on-one so it wasn't they didn't bring him in to the the seahawks facility but they did get their um evaluation done um ritter Caleb, i
0: thought Caleb did that
1: yep um and uh, getting you know Desmond Ritter in, I think, was important because it was one of those guys that they missed at the combine and just didn't work out. You know, these uh, players can only meet with so many teams, and the Seahawks just didn't end up, um, you know, meeting with him. But they brought him in like really early and got him in, um, got him worked out. They, he's a guy that should be available in round two. And if they want to take a quarterback out of this draft, you either got to take Willis high in the first round or you got to take Ritter, you know, early around too. And that's really about it of guys that um, this team should be looking at. And I mean, this is not a good quarterback draft. Um, one of the things that I've heard though, is, you know, just listening to uh, some of the other um, draft pundits out there that teams are starting to talk at, um Desmond Ritter and that his name keeps uh-huh. coming up as a guy that, Um, because of his, it's more the intangibles, the leadership, the energy, the work ethic that teams are starting to look at him as maybe being the number two, um, quarterback and not Kenny Pickett and not, um, you know, Matt Matt Corral Corral or or any of the other names that you might've heard. And so it seems that that Ritter might be climbing up the board. And then the, the other part of it is that could just be a smokescreen and teams trying to talk him up when they're planning on, they just want Kenny Pickett to fall to them or whatever. So we don't know, but his name does seem to be coming up more and more recently.
0: So a name that does come up for the Seahawks that I've I've been reading about over and over again is Matt Corral, just for a couple of the same reasons that you mentioned about Desmond Ritter being a a professional kind of guy, uh, does well with his teammates, um, can make all the throws, kind of has the intangible stuff, just a name to watch on the periphery of this thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, One thing that... um, seasoned evaluator tony Poline says about desmond ritter he said that just about all quote-unquote the teams he's spoken to have first round grade on ritter ritter could come off the board as early as number 20 overall to the pittsburgh steelers quote-unquote
1: that would be a pretty good pretty good fit for him um, that would could, be a good I, fit could, for him. I could see that um i'm I am not as high on Matt Corral as I think other people are. I don't have a first round grade on him. I don't think he is a franchise quarterback. I think his ceiling is that of Tua, you know, down in um, Miami, just a guy that's um, he's got some athleticism. He can move around, but he, I know you said he can make all the throws. I'm not convinced that's true. I don't think he's got a big enough arm um, for the NFL. And I think that it's just, he looks like a career backup to me, and um, I wouldn't be real excited if Seattle drafted him.
0: I think it's more likely that Matt Corral is available at 40 than Desmond Ritter at this point. I think if teams want to get Desmond Ritter, I disagree with you just slightly, kind of almost on based on what Tony Polina uh, is saying, uh, where he's got kind of the inside scoop on where NFL teams think about Ritter, mm-hmm. and I think that they may have to end up coming back up into the first round. If well, yeah. They, and that's, if that's their guy and they yeah. need to go get him, they well, would that's do that. What,
1: that's what I was saying. Is his name is coming up? I think he's rising. Um, he's higher. The NFL values him higher than the than the draft media does. Uh, and it's I don't, a positional
0: group need situation. Uh, yeah. It's not necessarily like he would grade out in the second or third round last year. This mm-hmm. year, he's grading out the back end of the first, maybe early second, because there's just nobody else, and he teams would, he, still have need.
1: If he was in last year's draft, he would have been the seventh or eighth quarterback.
0: You could make a good argument for fifth.
1: He would he would not have um any of the first round guys from last year, he would not have been above. Um
0: and Willis would still be above him. So yeah. And
1: Willis would be so there's so those five, and Willis would be six, so he'd be seven. And then it depends on Kenny Pickett where you have him. So he's either gonna be the seventh or the eighth best quarterback in last year's draft. That'll, I mean, that will tell you where, where he's at. Like, yes, he's going to be a, a name and he's going to be someone that, that, a team's going to get and their fans are going to get excited about him. But let's remember a year ago, he would have right. been the but, seventh, you know, best quarterback only, one the of the,
0: only one of the quarterbacks taken last year have really kind of turned out so far. So we'll see how that list evolves over time. Um, Let's keep going down this list. Is who we come up to next? Did we mention the safeties? We mentioned the safeties. Yep. Okay. Um, the only other one is is tight the end. tight end. Yeah.
1: Um, that um, Amani Rogers out of Ohio, um,
0: and and Otten has met with the Seahawks. I understand as well.
1: Okay. Just so they
0: so, didn't count on the thirty because he's a local prospect. Because he's a local. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yep. So the it, it it is a little weird to me that they're looking at tight ends. Um, they've got three on the roster you know they went and um they got brought one in that they were that you know is a pro bowl caliber player that um that came in in the russell wilson trade they spent a bunch of money i think too much um to re-sign their their inline blocker that was, and Will weird.
0: That was weird keith it was like they were competing against themselves and they just outsmarted themselves with like a three million dollar surplus contract to a guy that they just didn't need to pay that much to i don't i don't kind of get it but maybe something was going on that i don't know about they say there was other competition i don't necessarily believe that anymore from john schneider because he says that about a lot of things that end up being elevated um for him and so i'm not sure but anyway yeah
1: i mean we'll see and then you know of course um they've got their six seven mountain um that we're still waiting to see. if anything comes from on there, so they they're three Parkinson's. deep. At, yeah, um, they're they're three deep at tight end. And if you bring in a guy, if you go out and you bring in a guy like uh, Amani Rogers, you are you're basically saying you're going to cut someone. Um, and is it going to be the guy you just that you insisted on getting in the Russell Wilson deal? Um, is it the guy you just spent a bunch of money to re-sign? or is it Parkinson, the guy that? you've been hyping for the last two years, but because of some injuries and, you know, oh. um, they just haven't been able to get on the field, which, you know, y- are you really planning on cutting one of those guys? Or are you drafting someone who therefore, you, that you know is probably not gonna make the team?
0: Well, I think that Kate Otten's probably not the guy. Um, I think they just brought him in as a courtesy situation to kind of keep track of him in the league as time goes on, because, mm-hmm. um you're, you're exactly right. So, uh, and Kate Otten's the kind of guy that's kind of a Will Disley replacement. He's a 6'5, 250 pound uh, jack of all trades type of tight end that can do inline and catch the ball for you a little bit. Armani Rogers is an interesting name uh, out of Ohio U, he's 6'5, and 226 pounds with an 80 inch mm-hmm. wingspan and around a 4'7, 5'40. Um, he a but he's, a, he's age 24, though.
1: Is he a slow wide receiver, or is he a tiny tight end?
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, that would be kind of a, um undrafted free agent option, I think, for, for him to come in. And you're hedging maybe against, uh, like, a Noah Fant contract year situation. Um, they don't know exactly what they're going to have in Noah Fant. This is his, his year to kind of um, – play for his future here in seattle so we'll see um anything else
1: no man that's I mean, the list it?
0: there's a linebacker cameron good out of california did you mention that we did We I, mentioned I, I him with, mention with, that, the, yeah. with
1: the defensive ends he's interesting
0: um, because I, he's got seven and a half sacks in 2021 uh tied mm-hmm. with the um, uh in the Pac west or not Pac west uh, Pac 12 uh for the sack leaders um last year and he'd be an, he's just an interesting player that i really haven't uh looked at very often.
1: He's listed as linebacker. I see him as a 3-4 outside linebacker. I don't know if he has the size to come up, put his hand on the ground and be a um 4-3 defensive end, which is why I think that he's listed as a linebacker. But if you're playing a 4-3, um do you want him dropping back into coverage a lot and doing the other things that an outside linebacker's got to do? Um in that I'm not convinced that's a good fit for him either. So he's kind of that tweener um prospect. Uh, but as a three, four outside linebacker, I mean that's he's built for that position. I, I can
0: guarantee you that they probably brought him in to see how well he does on agility and dropping back into coverage and see if he can do it. Yeah. I Because if he's just been going forward on tape at Cal, they might want to see how he does backpedaling and you know yep. in person. So um he'd
1: be, he'd be interesting. I I I wouldn't mind. I mean, outside linebacker in a three four, um, you know. You bring yep. a linebacker on every play and it's not a blitz because you, you want to bring four, right? So you bring your three defensive linemen and one of your linebackers. So he could come up and rush the passer on almost every play and still be a linebacker. Um, and I, I, that would be kind of a fun fit. Although you really want um, Daryl Taylor being that guy who is going to um, get after the quarterback on almost every play from that outside linebacker spot so
0: i got a fun little question for you so we're on the eve of the nfl draft at next week uh next week we'll do a couple shows um kind of a draft primer show and then we'll do our final mock draft I just kind of want to take your temperature right now as far as what they've done in the off season obviously they moved away from russell wilson this year They got some draft capital back that kind of made the draft a little bit more interesting for us although it'd be a lot more interesting for me if we still had Russell Wilson, but that's a done deal. The ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. Now we've got that draft capital. How do we do in free agency overall? Where do you see the team sitting draft strategy, all that kind of stuff kind of put it all together.
1: I still think this is a roster that is not good. Um, it has a lot of holes. They still are lacking greatly at cornerback and offensive tackle. Um, they don't have a quarterback. Um, they, the offensive line just in general, I, it, no one's excited about because, um, sure, they, they went and not signed a center, but he was a guy that didn't play last year. And, and, um, so it, it really comes down to, I mean, what are they going to do? What are they, how are they going to move the ball? Uh, they don't have a, they don't have a running back that's dependable. They don't have a quarterback, offensive
0: tackles. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't have a quarterback that can get the ball to their two, um, elite wide receivers. They, um, don't have offensive tackles that can block for either the running game. I just, I look at this roster and I see a lot of holes and I look at the, on the defensive side, I still think they are a, um, they need a playmaker up front on that um, in their front three. And they need a playmaker on the back end at cornerback. And if they don't get both of those, this defense is not going to be good enough to carry this team. It might be good, but it's not going to be good enough to carry a team that has no offense like the Seahawks currently don't.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. um, If Russell Wilson was still here, this would still be the, this would be the team minus Noah Fant, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that, that we have and it's kind of empty it really is especially at the offensive line area um if you take a look at uh stone farth site and Jake curran i mean come on that's those guys might be fine prospects but they're just unproven they're not ready to go day one you know if we do throw them out there day one they're they're going to get beat they're going to look awful for a while maybe a rookie that comes in even a first round pick you know wouldn't be an immediate upgrade but it would be at least some some future there. Um, Gabe Jackson's, you know, had an okay year last year. Damian Lewis had an okay year last year. He wasn't standout or anything. I mean, he played better as a rookie. Um, and so you just kind of have to figure that out. And then that center, it's it's kind of a hot mess as well with Austin Blythe. I think that he's probably able to play. I think that he'll be okay. He's got a little undersized, kind of that zone guy. I think he'll run the offense really well in there. Probably slight upgrade over Postic, but maybe not. Um, and then, of course, our wide receivers. We didn't know what Dwayne Eskridge was was last year. We still don't know what he really can do for the offense. We're just kind of waiting to see that. Freddie Swain had an okay year. After that, it's just a bunch of guys. And Chris Carson, Rashad Penny. I mean, there's our running back room. You know, after that, it's basically void. I mean, you got DJ Dallas, but come on. So I do see them drafting a running back. I see them drafting a you know a tackle or two um and um uh, possibly or, a center a center or
1: talk tackle and a center yeah um yeah they probably need um a wide out later in the draft um in there i mean they, yeah. they're they're good at tight end they're good at guard yeah and they're good at the top couple wide receivers yeah that's that's it on offense the offense is is the roster is not great And
0: they need they need a quarterback i mean the biggest position of all And they likely won't address it this year because the value just isn't there. It's better for the team. And we've talked about this many times for them to build around the rest of the roster because the roster is so void of talent. They've literally got five or six, seven different position groups they could draft Mm -hmm. at and they would still be light. Um, And so they're two drafts away, essentially, this draft and next year's draft from completing this roster.
1: And this is what I've been been advocating for since the trade is that, you know, go get a offensive tackle um, early in the draft or a cornerback early in the draft. So a, a true like guy that can be um, a difference maker a, a year from now um, load up on, you know, getting young talent in and, and, and filling some of those holes, and building the rest of the roster, knowing that those guys are going to be rookies and they're going to make mistakes. And this roster is going to continue to be bad um all year and then you're going to be you know a three or four win team and you're going to be in position to go draft a cj stroud that someone that you can build around for the future um at quarterback and i think if they can put themselves in position where it's a one down year and then they go get their quarterback of the future they they're doing it right i mean that's it's unfortunate that the team has to make this this one bad year and and have that but They have enough draft capital this year to to fill in a lot of the roster. And then next year you go get your quarterback and you fill in whatever else you need. And you've got a young, hungry team uh, a year from now uh, going into the uh, 2023 season and ready to to compete. And that's the path this team needs to take. And I'm worried that Pete Carroll and company are going to screw this up by winning a couple too many games and getting themselves where they're not in position to go draft a quarterback and they're going to have to lose a bunch of draft capital trading up if they want one yes um yeah because there's
0: five or six teams that are that are quarterback needy that are heading into next year that are probably going to still be quarterback needy and unless you know we luck out and the top two losing teams don't need quarterbacks for whatever reason and we can get up there um it's going to be expensive you know i it's just going to be what it is i think you're going to have to mail in your draft next year and you've got two firsts and two seconds you might need all of that to move up even four four spots five spots in the draft to get up in the top three and and get a guy because that's what it's going to take
1: and that's my point is why give up you know uh those that extra three picks you know you're you're your two seconds and your your second first in order to move up and get that quarterback, or you could just have a, I mean, your roster, it's terrible. So just make sure that you lose and you're in position where you don't have to give up anything. You're already in that position. You still have your other first, you still have both your seconds. So you use that to load up your roster um, and you get yourself ready to compete with it. Um, and that's, that's my, my fear is that this team is going to win now even though with a roster that's not good enough to do anything with, and they're going to end up at seven wins and be outside where they have to give up all those extra players and picks in order to get the quarterback that they need rather than um, admitting that their roster is crap and finishing with three and being able to just draft their quarterback.
0: As you know, Keith, it's really hard to predict. A, this time of the year. B, it's just hard to expect your team to lose on any given sunday or win on any given sunday and it's um with this roster i mean they do have a shot at you know five wins or less um but they also have a shot at 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 eight you know it's it's just one of those things depending on how the draft goes and how drew lock plays and what's the uh, point
1: what's the point of winning eight games
0: well the point of winning eight games is you would go into the off season with two firsts and two seconds to help build that roster and you might have some momentum to climb up a little bit.
1: But you can't you can't go from 8 wins to 12 and being a Super Bowl contender without a quarterback and but you're if going, your
0: quarterback showed enough. I'm just saying. I'm no. I'm not necessarily saying Drew Lock's going to be the deal or whatever. The or the Geno difference Smith for that matter. You know what di- I'm saying though, Keith, the, right? It's the like the
1: difference the difference between 5 wins and 8 wins is nothing for the future of the team in a positive way, but it is a lot for the future of the team in the negative way. And right,
0: but what? Hold on. What if Drew Locke, I'm just saying. What if Drew Locke ends up throwing for like 3,800 yards, 25 touchdowns, only 11 interceptions, and they they move the ball and they win some games and they look halfway decent at least halfway through the season. They started. They they maybe they won more than they lost heading into the offseason. It might change. I'm just saying it might change the way that you your outlook looks towards what's the next no. step.
1: Because fool's gold. Because true lock is not taking you to a Super Bowl. He might come in and run the offense and game manage his way into some reasonable stats and whatever. But at the end of the day, it's fool's gold because he isn't a franchise quarterback and you know it, no matter what stats he puts up next year, he's not a good player.
0: I want to see it.
1: He's lost his job twice already.
0: Yeah, I know. And I, I want to see it. His situation, I, I really do believe this. His situation in Denver was less than optimal. His offensive coordinator changed over. Um, you know, I just I, I want to see it. I just want to see it. Um, and I think that he should be given a fair shot. And I don't know that we should definitely be writing him off before he even takes a preseason snap. I mean, it's just one of those things where I think that he,
1: he has taken a preseason snap. He's been in the league for four years.
0: So here's the, here's the deal. Um, We either have to allow our evaluators to say, we're going to give him a shot because we believe in him or. The, the scenario plays out where we win three games and we go get our guy next year. And one of those two things is going to be real or both of them are going to be realistic. I don't know. All I know is Drew Locke is, is you know, penciled in as the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. You can say Geno Smith could get that job. And that's possible. Um, but it's worse. Somebody is going to quarterback this team Even if, this if year Gino and Smith, may surprise.
1: If Geno Smith comes in and wins the job for this team, it's worse that's worse for this team because he's how old he's how old now we've seen him. We saw him last year come in and stink up the joint and be unable to score 10 points when the team needed him to um, in a game so that they could win and keep their playoff chances alive. Um, We know he's not a good player. If he comes in and wins the job at his age, there's no future for Seattle with him at quarterback so i don't there's no upside there's none so
0: your worst possible fear is purgatory which is the seven to nine win territory for this team
1: yeah i mean you're looking at um
0: because you you could be a seven to nine win team for forever four or five years right
1: yeah you could be minnesota that has kirk cousins and they you know he's Okay, and he can win him some games, but they end up in that seven to nine win range, and sometimes they sneak in as one of the last playoff teams, and one of, sometimes they like last year where they don't make the playoffs at all, but they're never in position to get a quarterback, and they're kind of just
0: stuck. yeah oh, no, it could be even worse than that, Keith. It could be a situation where we're um San Francisco or we're you know another team that that has you know ten starting quarterbacks in the last nine years um, we could be that. And we could, you know, we were that before Russell Wilson came along. I mean, granted we had Hasselbeck and so forth, but before that we struggled for a long time as a franchise to find anybody that could take the job for longer than two or three years. Um, I agree with you for the most part. I just think that I've got a little bit more flexibility there on Drew Locke, just because he's a young prospect. He does have some tools. I think that, um, his situation old, granted him is, a little bit of leeway. How
1: old is Drew Locke? I think he's twenty-four. Um sure about that?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He's a young guy. So I just kinda wanna see. I kinda wanna see for my own eyes in our offense. He's Shane Walgreens offense. He's
1: 25, he'll be 26 bef- um next year. So he'll that'll be his twenty year. 26 year yeah
0: so this is the year for him it's either do or die so w- what i'm saying is i just want to see what we've got in that and likely it won't work out maybe it does if it if it doesn't um that points to a losing season and i think we'll be in a position to to take care of that next year somehow some way whether it's a trade with that draft capital plus drew lock you know he drew lock played for a year maybe he played halfway decent but it you know we still lost a bunch of games. He'll be a a free agent Two first rounders, two second rounders. Lock will be a free agent. He's
1: not part of of any package. Okay. He's a, he's a, so you know what I'm saying? We've got a few
0: options next year. We could, you know, go trade for a a guy that's in the trade market. Um, We could acquire a free agent uh, quarterback next year. We could draft one. So I mean, there are some options next year to to kind of address that. And we'll just kind of have to cross the bridge when we get there. So, um, you're, but but I so, think so I you're, agree with you're
1: you. You want this team to win seven games and then sign Sam Darnold.
0: I agree. I'm not even gonna answer that. I agree with you. <laughs> I mean that that's that's, the, that's, that's not the free what agent I'm that's market. not what I'm advocating. That's, that's not the what a free I'm agent market. <laughs> Let's cross that's, the bridge when we get to it. We'll there. see what happens. But what I'm saying is, I agree with you in that I don't think there's a quarterback this year that could come in and really kind of take over the franchise and be that guy. Um, I think whoever we brought in, if we did would likely, you know, sit a year or half a year and kind of see where we're at. But um, I do think the solution comes in 2023 based on the rest of the roster needing so much work and, and development. I think you kind of invest now this year in the trenches and get the team ready to go in 2023 i do think that we're going to lose more games than pete carroll probably thinks he wants to win um because it's just the way that the roster is is built we just are talent deficient in a lot of different ways it's going to be a young exciting group this year we're going to get an infusion of four or five draft picks that are you know high draft picks where they're going to get some heavy rotation and so forth so i think it'll be an exciting year to kind of individually evaluate different players and so forth but as a team i think it'll it'll be a tough tough
1: slog i think the offense is going to be tough to watch i actually have some hope on the defensive side i think there's especially with shelby harris uh, i think people have overlooking his addition at defensive end um and you know you've got taylor and and robinson and some of these guys that are that are Uh really growing into their their roles and and all that kind of stuff i think that there's some talent on the front seven um of that that defense i think that the defense is actually going to be all right if they get a top cornerback if, if sauce gardner falls to them and they get that i think defense could actually be really damn good
0: yeah you add like a jermaine johnson at the on the edge to this defense or a sauce gardner on the on the on the edge on the corner um
1: or jordan davis right in the middle oh my um, goodness
0: jordan davis dude I, I i honestly think jordan davis in this draft is underrated a little bit
1: i, I he is he seems to be dropping back down like people just are forgetting about him
0: yeah i don't know i think that he's got the way that he was used in georgia and i keep bringing this up he was used as a nose tackle and the guy's got three tech written all over i know he's 345 pounds but his skill set says three tack Oh yeah, and I and think so, that he can yep. he can move around that that line a little bit, and just you can yep. stunt him and all sorts of stuff, and get take advantage of his like burst and his quickness and his just power. And I I think that he would end up being a, a kind of a difference maker mm-hmm. for this for this defensive line.
1: And I, so the the defense I think can be com- like competitive. I think the defense is going to be better than a lot of people think. I just think the offense is going to be so bad it's not going to matter that much. And that's very frustrating given this has been a team that has had parts. They, they, they were missing some offensive linemen and a running back. Otherwise, the offense could have been really special last year. Um, and now we're looking at an offense that's going to be one of the worst in the NFL. And it's a defense that's ready to win. So, Interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, there is a chance. There is a chance that the offense ends up being better than you think. They get they address, you know. Um, uh, Brown comes back on a one year deal at tackle. Maybe they get a right tackle in the draft. They get a premier edge rusher. Maybe a, a one of the top three or four running backs uh, to to come in. Maybe a center in the you know fourth round uh, that comes in and earns a starting spot. Maybe. Um, and there's just you know there's opportunities to to improve a little bit on the offense before the season starts. And we'll see kind of how it lands. But I still get your point. I don't want to win seven games. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. I either want to go all in and surprise everybody and win 11 or whatever. Yeah. Or I need, or I want to win three.
1: I, I either want your, your, what you, that situation where you, that you just said, where you get a running back and a tackle, um, and, you know, you, uh, an edge rusher and, and a cornerback and you get enough in there where you can win 11 games because the defense is good enough to carry you and you don't need much from your yeah. quarterback. Right, um, right. And and I want them to either do that or I want them to be bad and win three because seven wins, it, it just sets your franchise back. It's not better than three. It's worse than three.
0: Yeah, and set, you can set. make an argument that this division got better. I mean, without the uh, Seahawks.
1: I don't think I can make that argument. Just I just, I
0: think just, I think the draft needs to happen and then I think, we'll see yeah we'll see yeah anyway i
1: I don't think i think every single team took a step back this off season so far um we'll see how i feel after the um after the season the Seahawks were in fourth place last year and they took the biggest step back um so now they're way back of everyone but i think all four teams took a step back this off season yeah
0: and and that power i think went to the afc west
1: absolutely
0: all right let's get out of here Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. and thanks for the debate, by the way. Um, yeah. You you won the debate. I just said all that stuff I, because I needed to. I needed to keep it going a little bit.
1: I didn't win anything. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you only win if the team wins, right? Okay. Yep. Uh, you can find me at uh, NWC Hockey Shows at Hawks Playbook. You can find us on our favorite podcast platform and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends. And until next time,
1: go Hawks! Go Hawks!